This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Christensen. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, greatly appreciative to all of you who have shared the podcast with classmates, students, friends, uh, other healthcare professionals to uh, help grow their knowledge, background, and their skill set uh, surrounding the use of, of medications. So please keep sharing uh, if you enjoy the, the podcast and feel it's relevant and, and beneficial. Uh, I'm greatly appreciative of that. So let's get into it today. Uh, probenicid is the drug I'm, I'm going to talk about. And I approach this drug cautiously. The title of my podcast is obviously Real Life Pharmacology. Um, and I try to bring to you stuff that's used in clinical practice. Now, I will say I have seen probenicid used in clinical practice. I would say it's maybe five or ten times at most in my experience. Usually it's been patients that have been on it for a long time. It's been helpful for them. Or they've had an allergy or intolerance to other uh, gout medications. So probenicid primarily is going to be used in the setting of preventing gout flares, okay? Not the treatment of an active gout flare, but prevention. And it does that by lowering uric acid, okay? Uric acid is one of the major components that we worry about in patients with frequent gout flares. Uh, there is one other indication other than gout that uh, I have seen uh, suggested, and that is to increase concentrations of penicillin antibiotics uh, to enable them to have better effects, basically, on, on treating an infection. I've uh, never seen this done personally, um, but I, I have heard of it before there. So just wanted to, to throw that out there for uh, complete completeness sake. All right, so mechanistically, how does this drug block uric acid? So if you remember back and go listen to allopurinol, uh, I talk about how allopurinol works to lower uric acid. Probenicid works by blocking reabsorption of uric acid uh, basically back into the bloodstream. So instead, it goes out through the kidney and out into the urine. That's how it lowers uh, uric acid levels in the blood. From that, lower uric acid levels, uh, we are you know, going to help hopefully prevent uh, gout flares as we drop those uric acid levels. Uh, one downside to uh, probenicid compared to allopurinol is it is dosed twice daily. Uh, maybe not as effective, again, depending upon dose and, and other things. But um, yeah, one of the, the, the big things there is it is uh, dosed twice daily, so that's a little bit of a, of a downside. Uh, adverse effect profile, uh, pretty well tolerated uh, typically overall, I think. Uh, GI upset uh, can be is probably the most common issue you, you might come across if you see this medication. But again, if a patient's been on it for a long, long time, uh, that 
and tolerating it fine. That may not be an issue. Uh, but upon an initiation or increase, keep an eye out for GI upset. You can give this medication with food uh, if if need be there. And that certainly may be recommended in a patient uh, where we're having some, some GI upset. Uh, one other um, concern, adverse effect thing to, to look out for is um, if a patient has uh, uric acid stones that regularly form or they've had an issue with that in the past, if you increase uric acid out through the urine and we're forming stones in that area while sending more uric acid or having uric, uric acid-based stones um, may uh, worsen that. Probenicid may worsen that condition. So that's something we need to uh, uh, keep in mind there as well. It's going to pull it out of the bloodstream and put it into the urine, which could be a bad thing in that particular uh, situation. So if you've got uh, stones forming, remember, and that uric acid is a problem, uh, it is recommended to make sure we're doing uh, adequate hydration, fluids, things like that. Can I, that can obviously help uh, dilute out some of that uric acid and maybe uh, keep that flow going so a, a stone can't precipitate there. Uh, G6PD deficiency, so glucose 6 phosphate dehydrogenase deficiency. If you remember, there are a couple other medications, and I think I've covered maybe one or two, that if a patient has this deficiency, we are at particular risk for certain uh, conditions, and that condition is hemolytic anemia. I do remember, I think, uh, maybe some pharmacology exams in the way, way past or something, uh, that coming up on an exam for propenicid. So definitely something to look out for if somebody's got uh, glucose-6-phosphate dehydrogenase deficiency. Monitoring parameters with propenicid. So the first thing I think about is we're going to monitor uric acid levels. In most patients, we're probably going to target a level of less than 6. Uh, in you know some patients that maybe have very, very severe gout, um, maybe they've had issues come up at you know levels around six. Maybe we'd shoot for a lower target, but I would say in the the majority of patients, usually our initial goal will probably be less than six uh, milligrams per deciliter for uric acid. One other important factor in probenicid, and one of the big negative things with it, and why it's maybe not used in addition to that twice daily dosing is renal function. So this drug needs the kidney to be adequately functioning for the medication to work and get that uric acid out through the urine. So that's an important thing to remember. If a patient has stage, you know, 3, stage uh, 4, stage 5 severe significant CKD, Probenicid isn't going to work as well at lowering uric acid levels. So very, very important to watch out for that. And, you know, in, in our patients that maybe have been on it for a while, if they do have hypertension, diabetes, and you see that kidney function slowly declining over time, that could potentially be a concern uh, with propenicid use there. So definitely something to, to keep in mind and, and pay attention to there. All right, so let's take a quick break from our sponsor and we'll finish up with drug interactions. 
If you're in the market for board certification study material, definitely go check out meded101.com slash store. That's M-E-D-E-D 101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. We've got BCPS, we've got NAPLEX, we've got ambulatory care, MTM certification, geriatric certification study materials. Uh, definitely go support our sponsor, meded101.com. Uh, we also have books on Amazon as well. There's links to those at that uh, web link, meded101.com slash store. So go check that out. Uh, support the podcast. Help keep it free uh, for all those to enjoy and, and benefit from. So with that said, let's finish up on drug interactions. And I do want to mention I've got a brand new book out, uh, which you can find at, at the meded101.com slash store link. Um, that is Clinician's Guide to Drug Interactions in Primary Care. So definitely go uh, check that out. Over a 200-page book on drug interactions and strategies on how to manage and that sort of thing. So uh, with that, let's get into probenazid drug interactions. And the majority, the overwhelming majority of drug interactions with probenazid are going to be involving drugs that are primarily renally eliminated. Now, the clinical significance and how much it changes concentrations probably is going to be debatable based upon the drug in the situation. Um, but drugs like penicillin antibiotics, remember I mentioned at the beginning uh, that there has been off-labeled use considered for that to actually raise concentrations. But along with that, we think of other uh, beta-lactam-type drugs, so cephalosporins, uh, carbapenems, medications like that can all have their concentrations increased. So if you happen to see more adverse effects in a patient where you're putting them on an antibiotic like that, um, that could be anticipated if probenicid is actually raising some of those systemic concentrations. So definitely something to, to keep an eye out for there. Uh, interestingly, acetaminophen can actually have its concentrations raised there. So, you know, if you've got a patient with hepatic issues already, you know, maybe raising that acetaminophen concentration a little bit um, could be a negative thing for them. So another one to look out for there, uh, methotrexate, uh, NSAIDs potentially, uh, the immunosuppressant MMF. So there are some potential alterations, some increases in drug concentrations of specific drugs there. Um, so drug interactions are something to think about with pro probenicid. So um, keep those in mind. And on the uh, flip side, I did want to mention that you got to think about some of these drugs that can uh, increase uric acid. So uh, you know, cyclosporin, tacrolimus, maybe more commonly thiazide diuretics like chlorothalidone and hydrochlorothiazide. Uh, niacin can raise uric acid levels. So you've got to remember that some of those drugs will potentially oppose the beneficial effects of uh, the probenicid. So with that, I'm going to wrap up today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I uh, hope you found it beneficial. Picked up a few uh, practice pearls here. Uh, go support our sponsor, meded101.com slash store. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, leave a rating and review on, on iTunes. It's greatly appreciative uh, to those of you who have done that already for sure. And, of course, share us. Send an email uh, to classmates, to students, 
uh, other healthcare professionals you work with um, and uh, share the podcast with them and hopefully they can uh, pick pick up some practice pearls and help understand uh, also what pharmacists and, and pharmacy can do here. So I'm going to sign off for now. Uh, definitely go check us out, reallifepharmacology.com. Get that free PDF just for following and uh, subscribing to our, our updates and when we've got a new podcast available and things of, of that nature. So go do that at reallifepharmacology.com. Get that free 31-page uh, PDF of the top 200 drugs and clinical quirks and pearls that go with them. And uh, you can find me at reallifepharmacology.com as well. Shoot me an email there. The social media platform I'm probably most active on is LinkedIn. So track me down there. Eric Christensen, uh, PharmD, BCPS, BCGP. With that, signing off for today. Thanks so much for listening. Take care. Have a great rest of your day. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.